Okay. Welcome, everybody, especially the newcomers and the kind of newcomers. Good to have everybody with us. Uh, how's my sound? I usually do this. Yeah, good. Southern accent. Is that what you expected? <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking to me? Because it's certainly what I expected. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, this, uh, this is uh, on uh, defensiveness and uh, also I think another, another title for it is how do I stop being defensive? Uh, it, defenselessness, I should say, and uh, how do I stop being defensive? Um, I went back and forth uh, on those two terms and uh, started out uh, the way we often do with uh, uh, defense and defend and defensiveness and defenses that kind of thing, those, those, uh, those words in different parts of speech, 200 times in the course, um, defenselessness uh, and defenseless 21 times. I expected a whole lot more than that since that's the topic I chose, uh, uh, but uh, it, it's exactly the way it's supposed to be because uh, I spent more time on, on defensiveness anyway. Uh, I chose uh, defenselessness as the topic for today. Uh, uh, because that's what came into my mind when, when I was wondering what the topic would be. Uh, uh, when I asked later, uh, you know, within the bounds of, of thought, uh, what is it for? Um, I got that that's, that's what I want, want to learn or uh, that's what I need to learn. Uh, not, not, sure, uh, not sure which one or both, like it makes any difference. Uh, and then yesterday um, I had an encounter uh, during which I was uh, defensive, uh, you know, seriously defensive. Uh, I, I thought I was being uh, treated unfairly. Unfair, uh, you know, that, uh, that line, that famous line, the course, uh, beware of the perception, uh, 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 the tempta to te temptation to perceive yourself as unfairly treated. Uh, well, I did. Uh, and it really didn't matter whatsoever that, defenselessness was the word for the day and that's what I was doing and that's what I was you know I was working on uh it came up uh and and it went through um I reacted like I'd never seen the course uh and that's okay uh you know that's that's the classroom uh that kind of thing's going to happen uh it it got in my way a few times uh today uh, but not too much. I did the uh, rules for decision and uh, that was helpful. I did that several times. Eventually I'll get a gentle smile about it. Uh, and at least uh, I'm familiar with how that works. There's nothing new under the sun. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, make this year uh, different by making it all the same. Well, so far it's all the same, you know, because I'm still being defensive, uh, you know, as I did uh, last year. Less and less, I think, uh, which is a good thing. Uh, I'm going to start us off with a with a short reading uh, from Wabnik, uh, since that's uh, what uh, Maya uh, brought brought to us today. Uh, it's uh, it's from Journey Through the Workbook. Uh, it relates to our defensiveness uh, regarding our chosen resistance to Jesus's guidance, uh, using words that were made to keep us separate. Um, this is just a, a, a very short uh, three sentences. Uh, I'd rather it were two, but it didn't work out that way. Um, this is uh, um, Wabnik, uh, he, he says, uh, 
uh, he's mentioning mentioning uh, resistance, defensiveness, uh, uh, and uh, G uh, Jesus is mentioning the uh, resistance and defensiveness on a regular basis is a helpful way of reminding us not to feel guilty. Uh, he would not bring it up. He would bring it up as he would not bring it up as frequently as he does if he were not expecting us to be fearful of his teaching and thus seek to resist it. Learning to accept this resistance is an essential step toward letting it go. Um, I really, uh, I really like that uh, for, for starting us off. Uh, let's see, uh, for our meditation uh, today, uh, I wanna go uh, straight to the crux of the matter. Uh, that's on page uh, 14 of the manual. Uh, one of the characteristics uh, of the teachers of God is, uh, is defensiveness. Uh, that, that's number six of those, uh, 14. Uh, let's see, where are we here? Uh, no, I was, I was looking forward to, uh, to saying, uh, Lynn Corona, could you please uh, read, read that? Uh, because uh, I hear that a lot in here. Uh, but uh, I'll, I guess I'll have to uh, pick on, uh, on someone else to read that if I can, please. Uh, let's see. Uh, Deborah, would you like to read that for us? That's on page 14. I knew where to find it. Is, uh, it, is it in this in the book? the Manual for Teachers. Uh, and I'll come back to you a little okay. later. Manual for Sorry teachers. about that. No problem. Uh, Manual for Teachers, page 14 of Manual for Teachers. Uh, uh, in the back of the in the back of the book, there's a, a workbook, and then uh, then manual for teachers. It's near the back. Uh, Rebecca, would you like to read that for us, please? Sure. Defenselessness. God's teachers have learned how to be simple. They have no dreams that need defense against the truth. They do not try to make themselves. Their joy comes from their understanding who created them. And does what God created need defense? No one can become an advanced teacher of God until he fully understands that defenses are but foolish guardians of mad illusions. The more grotesque the dream, the fiercer and more powerful its defenses seem to be. Yet when the teacher of God finally agrees to look past them, he finds that nothing was there. Slowly at first, he lets himself be undeceived, but he learns faster as his trust increases. It is not danger that comes when defenses are laid down. It is safety. It is peace, it is joy, and it is God. Thank you, Rebecca. We'll take a, a little bit of time for a little meditation, some quiet time, and uh, I'll bring us back.
Okay, if you'll gently come back, um, I'm gonna close this door a little bit. It's got a fan going. Okay, uh, anything on the on what Rebecca read there? Rebecca, you got anything on that? Um, it just feels like salve. It feels good. I needed to, it just felt nice to hear that today. Bring it back to simplicity. I think um, I've been feeling like I've been getting too complicated in the course even. And that's when I know that my ego's got a hold of it. And um, just to remember that there's one problem, one solution, one thing. It's, it's that simple. Thank you. I uh, got a little bit about uh, conflict and, uh, uh, and simplicity in here. Uh, we're gonna come back to, uh, to this uh, uh, after I uh, say a few things here. Um, and then uh, um, after, after that, we're gonna uh, get into, uh, into the, the course itself and, and go around, around, the, uh, around the book a little bit to see, uh, to see what the course has to say about uh, defense, defensiveness and defenselessness. Uh, I'm gonna say a few few things about uh, that stuff first, uh, and uh, there's a good bit of uh, generality in here too. Um, for those of us, I still consider myself pretty new at this too. Uh, defensiveness uh, is an unwillingness. Uh, I'm relating that to uh, uh, what I what I learned last week about uh, willingness. It, it kind of uh, fit in with it. It's a subtle condemnation. I know that's a strong word of the will of God. Uh, course, the Course says, disobedience of the will of God is meaningful only to the insane. In truth, it is impossible. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll start out with uh, insanity is kind of a given uh, uh, in, 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 the, in this Course. Uh, it's part of, uh, it's part of uh, what we are in this world because, you know, to leave heaven, um, to do this uh, for whatever reason, maybe we were bored, I don't know, uh, doesn't, doesn't seem to be a, a really sane thing to do. Um, here's some uh, hard facts uh, uh, that we all know. Uh, our minds, as we seemingly made them, are blank. And the blank mind is defenseless. Uh, nothing in, nothing out. Ego is defined as nothing in a form that seems like something. Projection makes perception. In truth, there's nothing out there, so there's nothing to defend. For those of us who are attempting to understand what Jesus is asking us to recognize, like me uh, and other who are kind of new, new to this course, uh, we must take this on faith. There's nothing, there's nothing to fear, so there's nothing to defend. Um, this is from uh, Lesson 190, uh, just a, a short little thing here. If there is God, there is no pain. If there is pain, there is no God. Uh, all of us have had uh, severe mind-altering pain, uh, be it psychological or physical. When that happens, the course often and mostly goes out the window. At least it does for me. Uh, Jesus says, and this is from uh, uh, Lesson 136, Jesus says, Sickness is a defense against the truth. 
but pain can be blinding. Defending the body is an illusion. Uh, however, in this dream, we take the pills, we moan and groan, at least I do. Uh, uh, we ask for help uh, in the dream, in, in the world. Uh, and uh, in there somewhere, we remember it's not real. Uh, that's, uh, that's the part that, that, uh, that I have to keep doing because this world uh, gets all in my face and all in my eyes on a regular basis. Uh, course principles uh, and, and what we know are almost always uh, the antithesis of what we learned in school of life in this world. Uh, we were badly taught. There are people here today for this gathering on this screen with decades and with, and with only months in studying this course who are learning the same things in the same moment. But these are things that we know. Uh, there's only one mind. There's one sun. There's one ego seemingly, uh, one holy instant, one awareness, oneness, and that's that. So defenselessness is a truth. It's a fact with a capital F. Defense necessarily requires two-ness, duality, uh, something to defend against. Um, uh, there's no defense in heaven. Um, you know, from what we know, uh, that's even kind of a ridiculous thought, even for the thoughts that we already have and that are so ridiculous. Oneness is oneness. And oneness can't defend against itself. Um, that doesn't make any sense. So in truth, that's impossible. And oneness just is. Anything on any of that so far? I can keep going. I did too much. I'm just trying to picture oneness fighting against itself. It's, it's, it's tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially arm wrestling and that kind of thing, you know? <laughs> hey, Dave Van Dyke has something. Okay, uh, y'all let me know about that because I have a, uh, I have a, an iPad here and I can only see 16 at a time. Oh, so, okay. But you don't want to see Dave anyway. You, you know, he's in that program. <laughs> Go ahead, Brother Dave. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> um, I, I just noticed that <clears throat> when Rebecca was reading uh, the <clears throat> uh, paragraph on defenselessness, <clears throat> that um, sentence number nine, it says, slowly at first, he lets himself be un undeceived. And the, the word let uh, tells me that, that this is something that, that spirit does and that we allow. Uh, we, we, um, <clears throat> are, are, we have to be willing, but, but we don't actually do the work there. So, um, <clears throat> and then in the next sentence, but he learns faster as his trust increases. So again, that tells me this is something that spirit does through our willingness. It's, it, it's not something that, it, that we have to cultivate necessarily. Yeah, that, that's, that's excellent. I got a little bit about lead in here, uh, a, little bit, a little bit further, page or two over. Uh, uh, Tim did a thing on, on lead the other day. It's in, the, it's in the course a whole, whole bunch of times. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, until until he was speaking about it just the other day, um, I do allow, and I've been doing allow for years because I got that in my, uh, uh, in my uh, new age training. I'm, I'm a recovering new ager. So, uh, you know, I, I, do that, I do that allowing thing. There's uh, one of those uh, 
one of those new agers uh, did that a lot. But lead is the same thing. It, uh, there's an easy sound to it. I really like that about it. Anybody else before I go on? I, I don't know why, but I, I always have this reaction. Well, I know why. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> but, the, you know, the, there's certain words like defenselessness. Like, I feel like Jesus is asking me to be like a doormat. Like, like, like I'm going to, I'm just going to let people walk all over me. And, you know, I know he doesn't mean that, but that's what it always feels like initially. Whereas like that is, are like really um, challenging, especially um, these days. <laughs> now they're always challenging, but, I, you know, whatever's going on, I, I don't want to be a doormat. And so I, 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 I get defensive about that word, <laughs> defenselessness. And uh, it's pretty, it, it's at a pretty gut level. And I know it's, it's, I'm taking it and I'm looking at it behaviorally. Like, you know, I would never suggest anybody that they should be a doormat. I would never suggest to myself <laughs> that I should let people walk all over me in, in whatever way that would be totally inappropriate. So I know he's not talking about that, but I react to it as if he is, which is kind of weird after all these years. So I have to kind of like step back and not defend that position. He's not that he's not asking me to be a doormat. He's asking me to look at what, I'm, like all these things out here that I think I'm defensive about are just distractions from the, what I'm really defensive about. I'm really defending myself to keep truth away. That's, that was what you know we started with. It's sickness is a defense against the truth. Any, any defensiveness is a defense against me realizing that's what I'm defending against, the truth. Anger is a defense against the truth. Fear is a defense against the truth. But I'm not walking around being aware of that. That's the first problem. I'm upset for the reason I think. I'm defending for the reason I think. So, you know, first I have to kind of like be willing to even admit that possibility that I'm not, he's not talking about what, what Tim's body and personality is doing in the day, he's not talking about, of course we defend that. <laughs> of, course, of course, in time and space, we, we do all kinds of things to take care of ourselves, protect ourselves, not be a doormat, ourselves as a body, ourselves as a personality. So getting back to what the real issue is, even admitting there might be another issue going on that he's talking about um, is a huge step to just to let, begin to let that in, I think. But I was just, I'm all, I, I was just aware of how I was admitting out loud how, how I get crazy about that word. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks, Tim. Anybody else? Yeah, it, uh, it reminds me of a, of a little story that uh, um, uh, where defenselessness came up, right? Um, I was... Uh, I was attacking this guy about eight years ago. Uh, he had done something that I thought uh, was, was hurting a bunch of people. And so I invited him for lunch and a cup of coffee. Um, at the time he had about 20, 20 years in the course and I had a lot less. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, uh, he ordered uh, coffee and a donut and I ordered coffee. 
it was on me because I invited him. But boy, I, you know, I, I had the facts and I told him he had, to, he had to stop doing what he was doing. I had my tone, you know, I, I call it, I was overly assertive. That's a euphemism for aggression. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, after about uh, 10, 15 minutes of me doing that, he just looked me in the eye, no smile, just kind of a neutral look and said, in my defensiveness, in my defenselessness, my safety lies. And it just, I, I just kind of melted, you know, into the table there for a second. It was just, it, it was, it was a, a wondrous thing to experience. And I, cause he didn't say anything else. <laughs> and and that, was, uh, that was like perfect, you know, we started talking about something else, but uh, it just, uh, it just de-accelerated uh, my whole beingness in that moment because he told me that we're supposed to be doing this in a different way. You know, he was the saner one at the time. That's, uh, you know, in the happy dream, it talks about that. You, you, you know, uh, in spite of your fear, go to the Holy Spirit. And that's what he did. And he demonstrated for me something that I've always remembered uh, anytime that I got those feelings as intense as they were, you know, uh, e even to this day. So defenselessness, uh, it works sometimes, <laughs> you know, in this world, eh, I don't know. Okay, anybody got anything on that or shall I go on? <laughs> okay, thank you, Tim, uh, brought it up for me. I had it in here somewhere, but there it is now. Uh, the course says uh, chapter 14, uh, this is only uh, one or two sentences, so you don't have to go there. Uh, we'll, we'll do that in a few minutes. Let's see how we're doing. Yeah, we're doing all right. Uh, whenever you choose to make decisions for yourself, uh, you're thinking destructively and the decision will be wrong. It will never happen that you must make the decision for yourself. In other words, you, we, I uh, never have to defend ourselves. Defense is a decision. Uh, it's a bad decision at that. Um, all decisions are choices to decide with ego or with Holy Spirit. Defenselessness is engaged in in any and every moment with the willingness to choose Holy Spirit's thought system. The invitation to Holy Spirit deletes the need for defensive, defensiveness. Interfering and interrupting that choice necessitates defending the body and the innumerable egoic constructs that appear to appear when we go it alone. Defenses keep us separate. Guilt and fear and sin seem to arise when we seem to come up with an insane idea of autonomous life outside heaven. To defend the outrageousness of such an idea and the fear and the guilt from thinking that could happen, ego made this world. The, the world is a defense. The choice for Holy Spirit is the choice for defenselessness. Um, these these common, uh, uh, common phrases, uh, I am as God created me, ideas leave not their source. I am the Holy Son of God himself, God, uh, God is, and then we cease to speak. These are words and words are defenses. The senses def defend the body, meaning the five senses. 
Jesus defines the body beautifully, and this is on page uh, 662 at the bottom of the page, as a shadow circling around the good. Uh, that's my favorite uh, definition of what the body is in this course. It's just so beautiful. And a shadow is a wisp of nothingness that needs no defense. Its form, and like all form, is constantly changing. Content of God, Son of God, is changeless and therefore defenseless being of mine, capital M. Form is always deteriorating, relentlessly evincing that unequivocal fact that defenses are futile. Uh, if y'all uh, will please, I did this uh, uh, defenselessness on channel, uh, channel, on page, uh, defenselessness on page 14 of the manual. Uh, I'm gonna go back to that and talk a little bit about it sentence by sentence in case y'all wanna do that since this is a, this is a big deal as, uh, as one of the 10 characteristics. Give you a second to go there. I should have uh, prompted you on that earlier. Please, please excuse me. Page 14 of the manual. Uh, I'm, gonna do, um, I'm gonna do this uh, uh, thing that uh, Tim and Lynn, Tim does this a, a lot. And I'm, it's kind of like something I've, I've really never done before in, uh, in any kind of leading a class. Uh, so I'm trying it out a little bit. It won't take long. Uh, uh, sentence one, uh, God's teachers have learned how to be simple. Um, what I took out of that sentence was simple. Simple is the opposite of what most of us do most of the time. I'm either making it up as I go along or I'm letting things happen. Uh, Jesus suggests that we let all things be exactly as they are. That's lesson 268. We complicate and conflict going back to what Rebecca was saying. Course says, conflict is the root of all evil. I don't know where that is. I just, it's in there and I didn't look it up. And so I can get that to you if I need to. <laughs> conflict and complication uh, require almost continuous defensiveness. When Holy Spirit thought system, uh, when in Holy Spirit's thought system, uh, defenselessness is concomitant to letting decisions come through. There's a unity of purpose and the purpose is peace. Uh, that's all. I, I, I did, uh, I looked at uh, sentence seven and eight uh, also. I need more light here. Just a second here. Uh, those are, uh, the more grotesque the dream, the fiercer and more powerful its defenses seem to be. Yet when the teacher of God finally agrees to look past them, he finds that nothing was there. Um, ego is a genius uh, at defending and making the veil of forgetfulness seem like a granite wall. Separation is of the mind and form and bodies seem to convince us of that. But all of this, even this world of form is happening in the mind as we know. The minds of brothers seem to be split by a non-existent gap or an empty space, but there's nothing there. Ego seems to rush to defend that space with chaotic thoughts, but it, 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 it's just a ruse. Uh, nothing which ego is can feel nothing with thoughts that are not real. It's just like uh, we, hear in, we see in the course over and over Nothing times nothing means nothing. Jesus says that uh, in, in hundreds of different ways. Uh, and I, I was just kind of pointing that out. Uh, 
Anything on uh, those two sentences or anything in the defenselessness uh, uh, characteristic of a teacher of God? Stephen, uh, <clears throat> that conflict is the root of all evil that you quoted is in chapter 11, uh, sec section three, uh, paragraph one. Thank you, David. Just, just so Appreciate you know. that. Yep. Kathy? Oh, anything else, Dave, or just helping me out there? Just helping you out, that's all. Oh, man, I appreciate it. <laughs> I need all the help I can get. <laughs> that's an old one. Uh, let's see, this is, a, this is a quote from, this is a quote from chapter eight, uh, page 149. Uh, section six, paragraph seven. Uh, again, it's just a couple quick quotes and uh, a little bit that I say, and uh, then we'll go to the to the book. Uh, an an unwilling will does not mean anything, being a contradiction in terms that actually means nothing. When you think you are unwilling to will with God, you are not thinking. God's will is thought. So uh, defense, uh, I've said this once before, but defenselessness is literally God's will. Uh, a will it's a will, not my own. Um, you know, that uh, in this world, uh, we, we have an intermediary, which is Holy Spirit, uh, but uh, that intermediary, uh, intermediary uh, is, is, uh, is with God and uh, in constant communication. Uh, so um, anyway, uh, this will not my own. It is asking for help, uh, inviting Holy Spirit and Jesus to do this moment and this life. Uh, we do this uh, with our brothers uh, because, because we remain asleep and in the dark. Make no mistake, it's a choice, forgiveness, Forgiveness or judgment in any any given moment, uh, what's it going to be? I do. I, I put boy at the end of that because I'm talking to myself, and it's okay for me to call myself that. But it's like forgiveness or judgment. What's it going to be, boy? Like that. <laughs> Another quote from uh, chapter eight, section six. Uh, Our function is to work together, because apart from each other, we cannot function at all. The whole power of God's son lies in all of us, but not in any of us alone. Defenselessness is in, engaged by choosing to envision everything as the same uh, and, and by deciding for shared interest and by recognizing that it's all of us or none of us. When we defend the things of this world, we defend our being separate from God. Okay, anything on that? Yeah, we're about okay. Uh, Bruce, thank you. <laughs> Just good stuff. I, I was um, um, in that defenselessness. There was one, one uh, phrase that jumped out at me. The, uh, um, we, we asked to fully understand that defenses are foolish guardians of mad illusions. And it just seems like, you know, when, when I've noticed I'm defending myself uh, in, in all the different ways that that can, um, you know, manifest. It's like, 
I, I realize that it's just, it's just crazy. It's just craziness. And, uh, um, and I don't have to do that <laughs> in my saner moments, right? It's just, yeah. And then, then it's like, oh yeah, I, I could see peace instead of this. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Thank you, Bruce. Abe. Hey, you know, uh, something else about defensive, defenselessness is that uh, when we are defensive, we are in fact saying that we can be hurt by things of this world and that therefore we're vulnerable, weak, and not like God created us. So being, being defensive is making us not what God wants us to be or made us to be. So it's, it's really an attack against God's creation. Yeah, and it's, it's not very attractive either. You know, <laughs> I, 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 worked in, I worked in restaurants, right? Uh, and uh, for a long time. Uh, and uh, I, I walked around, you know, the dining rooms and uh, there were three restaurants and I'd, you know, go from one to the other. And I would walk by tables, you know, and I never interrupted. I shouldn't say never, but almost never interrupted uh, in the conversations. Or, but people were trashing one another, usually people that weren't there. And, and somebody would defend them or somebody, you know, they would be arguing and they'd be defending themselves like, like the whole meal. It would be, it seems so stressful. You know, defensiveness is so stressful. And believe me, I've, I've, I've done it thousands and thousands of times, especially in that business, because something's always going weird, you know, and you're, you're having to defend yourself as best as possible. But I found, uh, I found that uh, being agreeable, you know, no matter what happens, uh, always seemed to work in, 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 uh, in situations where um, I would otherwise first think uh, uh, to defend myself or to defend the restaurant. I almost never did that. It was always about them. Uh, and I think that uh, that was partly because I was doing the course, but it was also, uh, it's, just, uh, it's just kinder. And Watmich says over and over and over and over and over and over, be kind, you know, because everybody's fighting a hard battle. So, uh, okay, uh, anything more? We're gonna go to the, uh, to the actual book now. Well, I, I was going back to what Abe was saying. Um... The introduction, nothing real can be threatened, meaning nothing real needs to be defended. Like your true identity, my true identity doesn't need to be defended and everything else doesn't exist anyway. So what's the problem? You know, I mean, it's like, it's like this whole, like, like I was thinking about when it, there's not often that I actually have to get defensive in terms of defending but you know my bodily self or or my family or whatever um certainly do that if if necessary but most of the time when we talk about when i talk about i get defensive it's like i'm proving i'm right like all those people at the table <laughs> when they were arguing we're all trying to prove they were right well that's how i get it. and it's not very attractive ask lynn she'll tell you <laughs> when i'm trying to prove i'm right it's not attractive you're right you're right about that even I know it doesn't look good. <laughs> doesn't stop me sometimes, but, but that's what I'm doing. Do I want to be right or happy? No, damn it. I want to defend that I'm right. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just, that's, that's the way the ego cookie crumbles. So, I mean, I have to defend my stance and then internally 
the really weird part of all this is, you know, like I'm trying to defend that I'm right about your guilt. Somebody's the guilty party. <laughs> so I'm trying to, you know, take that stand and say, it's not me, it's somebody else. And then, but internally, I'm trying to defend my own guilt that I actually left heaven without ever admitting I'm doing that something that's stupid. I mean, that's really the second step of forgiveness. First step of forgiveness is externally, I'm trying to defend that I'm right. But internally, the second step of forgiveness is I got to stop defending that I'm, I'm the guilty party. I'm the one that left heaven. I'm the one that did this terrible thing and cut myself off from my father. I mean, nothing real can be threatened. My, my true identity can't be threatened. That's what Jesus keeps telling me. And when I finally lay down defending that I am this guilty thing, then that pulls the rug on everything I'm doing in the world when I get defensive about that. So I don't look, I don't look then at what the real issue is. Defending my own guilt seems like, you say that out loud, say, well, that was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> really, is that what I was doing? <laughs> yeah, right, thanks. Thank you. Tony. Yeah, I was just gonna say, it was kind of piggybacking on what Tim was talking about. Um, I've been reading a lot about guilt and listening to, you know, Ken's um, uh, videos on the subject, <clears throat> excuse me, and how we're always in defense mode. You know, this, this section of defenselessness is talking about advanced teachers of God, you know, that they know that uh, that's where their safety lies and their defenselessness. But we're always coming, or we're always projecting our guilt, so we're always expecting attack. And so we do, we stay in this, um, as egos, the state of, of um, being and expecting people to, and we see it in subtle ways, you know, like um, expecting a problem, expecting things not to turn out, you know, we're just con constantly looking to be attacked. And so, um, you know, if I got a problem with a, I don't know, say an insurance company or needing something to be repaired and immediately I get defensive expecting the person to give me a problem. <laughs> like it can't just go smoothly, you know, I have, and then I really have to stop myself now, you know, before any, any situation. And when I can really do that and say, okay, you know, that I'm coming, I know what I'm doing and I can just ask the Holy Spirit, you know, to see it right from the beginning. And to think, why am I thinking this person is going to do this? You know, I'm setting it up that way and I'm expecting them. So regardless if, they're, if they are doing that or not, that's the way I'm going to interpret it. So I'm going to see it as an attack. But if you're coming like your friend, you know, if you're coming from that place, regardless of what they do or don't do, you wouldn't see it that way. And you would just, you know, handle it differently. So anyway, that's just becoming clearer to me that... Um, we can, we were coming from that, in that defensive mode most of the time as egos, unless we have set that intention, you know, the beginning of the day even ask Holy Spirit to help me to, to see the Christ in my brother, you know, to let every encounter be a holy encounter. And it makes, a, it makes all the difference in the world. Okay. Thank you, Tony. That was good. Uh, let's go to, uh, in, the, in the text, let's go to uh, page 20. Stephen, David Dempsey had something. Oh, I'm sorry. Go, David. Yeah, you know, um, kind of piggybacking again on what Tim was saying. Um, I, like Tony, was listening to some of Ken's stuff today, and it dawned on me about the guilt. And, you know, several times today, 
um, I just called myself out on it and just said, oh, so you're feeling guilty again. As soon as I started to project and as soon as I started to attack and I just called myself on it and just said, uh, so you're feeling guilty again. And, you know, I know I'm disguising it in attack or judgment. And uh, it was amazing. And I just kind of asked to see it another way. And it's just simply, um, it almost was a little fun. You know what I mean? I mean, it wasn't so hard. It was almost a little fun to call yourself out and be in general with yourself. And it was amazing. I had just a great day because I just kept calling my own self out of when I started to do those kind of things. And it's, you know, that awareness piece, I think we just really have to have is um, knowing that we're, we're doing it and why we're doing it, um, which I never knew why I did it. I didn't even know I was doing it. So um, it's really kind of neat how this is all starting to kind of work as we become more aware, you know, so thanks. Thank you, David. That's, you know, and that's kind of, that's the practice, really. I mean, uh, and, um, you know, I, I listen to Wat Nicolaid uh, over the years, and uh, he says that over and over and over. Oh, you know, the questions are, oh, what do I do about this? And what do I do about that? And often he'll respond, uh, you just look at it. And, you know, you be kind in the midst of it, especially to yourself. Uh, you know, just exactly what you're describing there, David. Uh, those, those days are, are kind of like, uh, I guess I ought to put it in one quote, you know, kind of glorious, you know, <laughs> you, you feel like you're, uh, you know, in, in conscious contact and, uh, and Holy Spirit uh, did something good for you. Holy Spirit doesn't really come in the world, but it sure does seem, seem like it on, on those kind of days when you, when, you, uh, when you go to the decision maker and, uh, and go to the Holy Spirit thought system. Good, good. Thank you. Uh, let's go to, uh, wait, I'm sorry. Anybody else? I was just going to piggyback on uh, David's comment. This is Maya from Eugene. Hi. Hi. Yeah, I was going to say that um, the other thing, the reason it feels like a cause for celebration to me when I recognize that I have, uh, that I'm carrying guilt and that I have defended myself is that when we stop, when we defend ourselves, I don't remember the number of the lesson, but when I defend myself, I am attacked. And so what a relief to look at the defensiveness, to see the underlying guilt, to hand it over to Holy Spirit. And it is a celebrating thing, you know, because you've relieved yourself. You've just, you had attacked yourself and now you've stopped. And that's all I wanted to share. Thank you, Maya. That's excellent. We, uh, we 135 is, uh, it's uh, that one you just, uh, we, we, we were going to do that today. I don't know if we're going to get to it or not, but uh, um, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's my favorite lesson. I've got 22 favorite lessons, and that one's like number one or two. I'm not sure, depending on the day. It's also the longest lesson. You know, it goes on and on and on, kind of like I do sometimes. So uh, uh, anybody else? I was just going to... Um relate to what, what Tony was sharing is, is like today I, I picked up a prescription for my mom and I, and I sent a tech support request for a website. And, and I, I just realized I wasn't interacting with people. I was healing parts of my mind, you know, when I, when I was, you know, allowing in the moments when I realized that uh, I, I could let go of the defensiveness, you know, anyway, so. It's good, just good reminder that, that we can do that more often and, and uh, you know, make that a habit. Yeah, thanks. Thank you, Bruce. 
Anybody? Cool, cool. All right, that's a that's formal language. Cool, cool. You have to say it really fast though. That that way. It's, anyway, page. Uh, go to text page twenty, uh, uh, chapter two. You know, the defensive list, defense lists and defenselessness uh, doesn't show up until the last chapter, chapter 31 in the text. Uh, and in the workbook, uh, not until lesson 135 that Maya was just talking about. Uh, but defense shows up all over the place, uh, starting with, uh, with chapter two. Let's go to page 20, chapter two, section two, paragraph seven, please. Page 20 in the text, paragraph seven. Everybody there? Chris is there. Chris, uh, would you like to read that one, please? Uh, sure. Am I the only Chris tonight? Uh, yes. Okay. In the get case, I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> the, the, it's, it's becoming a popular name all of a sudden. The atonement is a total commitment. You may still think that it is associated with loss, a mistake all the separated sons of God make in one way or another. It is hard to believe a defense that cannot attack is the best defense. This is what is meant by the meek shall inherit the earth. They will literally take it over because of their strength. A two-way defense is inherently weak precisely because it has two edges and can be turned against you very unexpectedly. This possibility cannot be controlled except by miracles. The miracle turns the defense of atonement to your real protection. And as you become more and more secure, you assume your natural talent of protecting others, knowing yourself as both a brother and a son. Excellent. Anything on that, Chris? Well, yeah, I was watching some of the, uh, some of Martin Luther King, his, uh, I have a dream speech and just his life and how he, uh, he, uh, his way of life was peace, not his belief system or anything, but he lived, lived that even under dire circumstances and realizing that probably he wouldn't, wasn't going to stay in his body for very long, but he, he chose peace to live it. And I think both uh, internally and externally, very good. Thank you. Anyone else on this paragraph? That, that sentence uh, three, is it three? Yeah. It's hard to believe a defense that cannot attack is the best defense. And then I was like, well, what, what the hell is he talking about? So, <laughs> <laughs> so in one sense, what when when I, I I'm gonna start calling it I'm gonna do a Dave Dempsey <laughs> when I, when I do a Dave Dempsey and I stop back step back and I realize that what I'm protecting when I'm defending is my awareness that that I don't have to defend anything I mean that's the kind of like the the irony of it all is that is that I'm I'm defending my own awareness that you're the son of God and I'm the son of God by just stepping back for a minute <laughs> and going do I really want to do I really want to get defensive? 
So that that the best defense in that case is what he's saying, I think, is is that is it to believe a defense that cannot attack is the best defense. Meaning that I'm I'm defending my own awareness that there's nothing to attack in this situation by stepping back and pausing for a moment. By the meek shall inherit the earth, meaning the meek, they're not just doormats, but they're stepping back, realizing that you're okay and I'm okay. So what, you know, we're okay. <laughs> There's nothing to defend here. I don't have to defend that I'm more right than you are. Yeah. Yeah, defense is usually a, a type, a kind of a, an attack response. Uh, you know, um, you know, first uh, you, you tell me, you know, I, I, drove, I drove the car without the oil. And then I say, no, I didn't. I mean, that's your, that's your typical defense right there. I mean, the, uh, hundreds of thousands of different ways to do that little one right there, you know? You, you, you wash the dishes, but you didn't use enough soap. Yes, I did. I mean, that's, that's the world in a nutshell for me kind of thing. Uh, you know, uh, but the, the, this, this paragraph uh, to me like uh, confirms that thing that uh, the world is upside down and backwards and it's always been that way uh, because, you know, we're, we're doing defense and, you know, like I just said, but uh, here it says uh, in chat in, uh, let me read these numbers here. Uh, yeah, there, sentence eight, it says the miracle turns the defense of atonement to your real protection and you become more and more secure. You assume your natural talent of protecting others, knowing yourself as both a brother and a son. That, that, that's some cool defending right there. That's really, really good. Uh, but it's, it's almost exactly uh, opposite of the way we look at defense uh, most of the time, at least the way I, you know, the way I see it. Anything else on this one? Stephen? I, yeah, I, I was just, I was just flashing on a, a, a metaphor that I, I find helpful when I remember to, to do it. And that is if I can remember to bring everybody into my lambscape instead of putting them in my goatscape. <laughs> and, and then if that circle includes everyone, then there's, there's nothing to defend or defend, be defended against. Right. So I think that's what Jesus is trying to get us to do is, is to have everybody in the, in the fold of our, you know, embrace of self with a big S self, right? Thanks. Big S. Jesus didn't Thanks. like goats. <laughs> he didn't like what? Goats? Goats. Oh, goats. <laughs> goats. Well, I do. There's Ali. <laughs> Greatest of all time. <laughs> and that's the new goat thing. It's a, you know, that acronym for uh, greatest of all time. Uh, oh. Anyway, you know, the, the, the Saints got beat by Brady yesterday, and I'm a big Saints fan, uh, but uh, almost no doubt about it, Brady is a goat. I like saying that since they beat us. You know. <laughs> anyway, he's one of the greatest of all time. Anyway, uh, let's see. Let's go to, uh, let's see, chapter three, um, uh, page 36, paragraph two. Section, section. That's uh, page 36 in the text, Section. paragraph two. That makes it a little bit easier. Let's see. Rosemary, would you like to read?
sorry. I'm sorry. Did you say, what page did you say it was again? Page 36. 36? Page 36. Right. Chapter two. I mean, uh, paragraph two. Page 36, paragraph two. The best defense, as always, is not to attack another person's position, but rather to protect the truth. It is unwise to accept any concept if you have to invert a whole frame of reference in order to justify it. This procedure is painful in its minor applications and genuinely tragic on a wider scale. Persecution frequently results in an attempt to justify the terrible misperception that God himself persecuted his own son on behalf of salvation. The very words are meaningless. It has been particularly difficult to overcome this because although the error itself is no harder to correct than any other, many have been unwilling to give it up in view of its prominent value as a defense. In milder forms, a parent says, this hurts me more than it hurts you and feels exonerated in beating a child. Can you believe our father really thinks this way? It is so essential that all such thinking be dispelled that we must be sure that nothing of this kind remains in your mind. I was not punished because you were bad. The wholly benign lesson the atonement teaches is lost if it is tainted with this kind of distortion in any form. Excellent, thank you, Rosemary. Sure. Would you like to say anything about that? Um, no, I think that uh, is pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty clear, actually. Mm -hmm. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> thank, thank you, Rosemary. Yeah. Okay. Anybody on this one? I'm going back and forth. Maurice. Being relatively new to the course, it's, uh, and this, when it says, uh, the attempt to justify the terrible misperception that God himself persecuted his own son, the whole crucifixion, the fact that it's, it's exactly how everybody accepts, you know, it is hard. It is going completely upside down and backwards to not accept that, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's such a prevalent view, you know, by, I'm surrounded by people that really think that's wonderful. I mean, not wonderful, but really honor that. And it was hard to really grasp that. Oh my gosh, this is this is not this is not the way it's supposed to be, you know. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it reminds me. Uh, this hurts me more than it hurts you. I mean, who who came up with that one? That <laughs> that couldn't really be right. I mean, I I did the Bible for a while, and you know, I I started like most people do, you know, Genesis and went through it for a little while but i had to stop reading the old testament i mean 
God was like going after people left and right. Uh, you know, uh, Watnick says, says, uh, you know, the guy says uh, the God of the Bible is the God of ego. And you can tell because, you know, with Noah, that was multiple genocide. I mean, just, you know, maybe I shouldn't be saying these things, but uh, it, <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it was hard for me. I, I just kept, couldn't keep going, you know, because uh, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, um, I'm a little bit, uh, well, I'll use the word quote unquote wimpy on that kind of thing. You know, if it gets too weird, I stop watching it. I'm not big on those not zombie movies or vampire stuff or anything like that. Uh, that's fine and all, but uh, you know, if it gets if it gets uh, really kind of ugly, and, and I don't know, this is this always seemed kind of ugly to me. Uh, this hurts me more than it hurts you. Oh come on. Anyway, <laughs> just a little uh, editorials aside there. Please excuse me. Sort of, sort of a race to the bottom, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> I'm kind of reminded of that that Monty Python skit of the four Yorkshiremen where they try to compete who had who had the worst childhood. You know, if you haven't seen it, just Google it. It's it's pretty funny. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anybody? Queen for a day in the 1950s. Whoever had whoever had the worst situation, they they got the washing machine. <laughs> Victims all. Whoever is the most victimized gets the, gets the washer and dryer. <laughs> Can you believe there was actually a show that did that? <laughs> it was really popular. Was. <laughs> okay. All right. Next, I'm going to skip this. Uh, there's a really good one that I'm, I'm going to skip. We'll come back to it next year. Uh, let's go to uh, lesson 135 on page. 252 of the lessons, please. This is the one that, uh, that Maya was mentioning and my personal favorite. The reason I like it so much is I think you could read this one. It gives you just about all the instructions you need, but you got to read it a bunch of times. So it's really long. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Let's see, uh, uh, Trish, would you like to read uh, today? Uh, paragraph eight on 253, right across from, uh, from uh, wait a minute, wait, I got one too. Uh, do, uh, read paragraph one, please, uh, Trish, on, one, on 252, lessons. Uh-oh, I think she froze. Sure. Is this in the text? Two two fifty. It's in the Trish. It's in the workbook. It's in the lessons. Yeah, you're uh, you're you're freezing, Trish. So I'm gonna sorry. I'm gonna go to somebody else. Sorry. Uh, no, glitches are are not your fault. It's it's like a real thing. Okay. Abby. Would you like to read that one for us, please? Uh, let, uh, paragraph one on page 252, please. Did a misstep. Uh, paragraph eight or one? One. Okay. Please. Who would defend himself unless he thought he were attacked, that the attack were real, and that his own defense could save himself? And herein lies the folly of defense. It gives illusions full reality 
and then attempts to handle them as real. It adds illusions to illusions, thus making correction doubly difficult. And it is this you do when you attempt to plan the future, activate the past, or organize the present as you wish. Thank you, Abby. Anything on that one? Well, he's starting out, as usual, a little bit there. Um, and I guess the second paragraph, too. It's also one of my favorite lessons, Stephen. So. <laughs> Uh, describing the uh, ego thought system. This is all, uh, you know, organizing as you wish it to be, because as as uh, part of the thought system of the projected error, it's I know I'm right and I know what needs to be done and I can put it all in the right order and who could know better than I would. <laughs> <laughs> Not any of us, that's for sure. I think the ego, I like that acronym of the GOAT, greatest of all time. <laughs> uh, it's amazing what you can learn in these things. <laughs> Every time I see it, it takes me a second to put it together, even though it's in capitals and it looks looks like that. Anyway, uh, I, was, so, I was just saying. So how do, we, how do we activate the past? What is that? Give me an example. What does that look like to you? You asking look me? anybody <laughs> sure <laughs> it's like this person or this situation did this to me and based on my life experience i'm not going to enter that situation or that again and you're not going to convince me otherwise you as an ego aren't going to convince me as an ego that i should ignore my past experience because i know exactly what's going to happen because as an ego i know it all That's excellent. Yeah. I, you know, my answer to that is every, everything you, every form you look at, the, the past is activated because I, I, everything, you know, you know it's that uh, uh, one of the first lessons, uh, you know, my, my, my thoughts are preoccupied with the past or something like that. And those first lessons, uh, you know, if you actually do the lesson and look around, there's nothing that's not based on the past. Everything here. I mean, unless it's a, a, an abstraction, you know, if you're doing an abstraction in your mind, uh, then you can get to the present. But we have to get, uh, it, it seems like we have to go through the past to get to the present in this world. Uh, I don't know. What do y'all think? Anything on that one? Challenges? Ideas? Bruce? I, I just had a thought on the, uh... Uh, the plan the future. I was thinking one one way to avoid level of confusion for me, uh, I think, is is to not get uh, you know too too preoccupied of putting stuff on my calendar. But it's the kind of the, the the stuff where I start justifying something that I did, and I kind of make up a story and have to rehearse it in case somebody somebody calls me out on it. <laughs> those kind of things, you know, th those are the things that that if I'm defending myself in in any way like that, it's usually something that I I have to run the script over and over again to, to come up with a good alibi or a good lie. And, and the, the more, more get the unconscious guilt is festering around in there, the, the fancier the lie has to become, you know, it, it has to get embellished and, and polished and refined. <laughs> At least that's been my experience. And then when I just catch myself, I was like, why am I doing this? 
<laughs> anyway, thanks. Thank you. Anybody else before we uh, go to I, the next? I program? guess the image I had was like like having an old rusty machine and, and turning the power on it, you know, and it starts spinning and choking and <laughs> smoking and <laughs> dust flies off. <laughs> it's like, don't throw the power on. Don't activate it. <laughs> don't run power through it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyone else? I think Jim was just scratching his head. I'm not sure. Let's see. Deborah, we said uh, we might come back to you. You're uh, you there at uh, lesson 135? I am. Let me turn my light on here. Okay, cool. Good idea. All right. Uh, uh, paragraph eight, please. Uh, okay. That one woke me up about uh, six or seven years ago. All right. The self that needs protection is not real. The body, valid, valueless, and hardly worth the last defense. The, worth the least defense need merely be perceived as quite apart from you and it becomes a healthy serviceable instrument through which the mind can operate until its usefulness is over who would want to keep it when its usefulness usefulness is done go ahead and read the next one too please uh deborah it kind of connects with it Defend the body and you've attacked your mind for you have seen in it, in it, the faults, the weaknesses, the limits and the lacks from which your which you think the body must be saved. You will not see the mind as separate from bodily conditions and you will impose upon the body all the pain that comes from the conception of the mind as limited and fragile and apart from other minds and separate from its source. Excellent, thank you. Any comments on that one, Deborah? No, I just um, I just watched myself. I, I enjoy all the conversation we're having. I I watched my you know defensiveness emerge today when when uh, you know Tim's talking about how do you bring into the past, and I had a song that came on that immediately time warped me back to that moment in time and and it transported me to there and then literally you know the i i was literally there and you could just feel everything and you could feel conversations and it, it just was amazing but um in 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 oh strange way but i've been training myself really to just say you know stop, you know, and I'm working on this little hand movement because I'm, I'm a kinesthetic person. I'm just like, step aside, ego. Come on in, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Please show me. Please show me to look at this differently. And, and the beauty of it was that as silly as that little movement was, it stopped me. It was like interrupted the program. All right. Mm -hmm. And, and it would have just been a whole day lost of sitting there with these conversations of defending and arguing and, and immediately that it took five minutes and it was, it was so beautiful. So, you know, it was, it was just poetry. So, you know, I, I, I just appreciate being able to read that and, and make that connection. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. 
I don't know if we all have those. I, I have some of those. If I hear a bell ring, suddenly I'm thinking about Holy Spirit. You know, if if a bird flies in front of me, uh, suddenly I'm I'm thinking about, I have the, you know, every once in a while I get a little ringing in my ear. To me, uh, you know, I, I used to go, oh, shoot, darn. <laughs> but, it, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get that growl out of my life, uh, you know, so I have these little things that, uh, that kind of take me straight to the deci decision maker, uh, which is then, uh, you know, Holy Spirit, uh, God system is engaged. So, uh, so is that what I, is that what I did? I went, cause I'm fairly new to this. I mean, I've been reading it, but kind of all on my own for the last couple of years. But so is that what I did? Did I go to the decision maker? Um, it sounded like that, but you know, of course you would have to, you would have to decide that for yourself. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's something you learn. Uh, learning is, is something that uh, the course says it, it happens in and of itself. So, whatever you learn from that and from what I just said or from what we've been saying, uh, you know, this whole class, uh, that all goes in there and, and filters through whatever it is that brings it back to the kind of learning that's uh, part of the thought of God rather than the thought of what we do, which is literally nothing. <laughs> I don't know if that made sense. I sure hope so. Uh, yeah. Anybody else on uh, this one? This, uh, this The self that needs protection is not real. That one blew me away when I read that. <laughs> anyway. I always think of the Supreme song as a hand gesture. Stop in the name of love <laughs> before you break my heart. I'm saying that to myself because <laughs> this is going to mess me up. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> yeah. Barry Gordy, huh? Remember? Anyway. Uh, anything else on this one? How are we doing on time? Oh, Jesus. It's 8.13. We've got two minutes to do about 45 minutes of stuff here. What is the deal? Anyway, thank you all for listening. Uh, okay. Let me see here. Uh, We've come to the end of the road. Perhaps you'd like to try them all. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's let's look at uh, uh, lesson uh, for our closing today. Let's go to uh, uh, lesson one eighty two, please. I'm trying to find out how I did this. Let's see. Where is it? There it is. Yeah, so lesson 182, that's on page uh, 341, near the end of lesson 182. Page 341 of the lessons, please. And uh, before we, uh, we do this closing, anybody have anything they want to say uh, about the course or what we talked about today or uh, anything that they think might be uh, helpful for themselves or all of us? I want to hear your part two, the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to it. Uh, let's do uh, June 2022. That way, everybody will stick around, uh, you know, and <laughs> just uh, throwing that one out. You know? <laughs> okay, let's see. Anybody, anything besides uh, Bruce? No? Okay. Uh, Let's see. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Jim Tynan, 
How you fixed for, uh, you got enough light? I do. Uh, let's do, uh, let's do the short paragraphs, do uh, uh, paragraphs 10 through 12, uh, 340 and 341 of the lessons, lesson 182, please. And then we'll get quiet for a moment. Okay. <clears throat> Paragraph 10, Christ is reborn as but a little child each time a wanderer would leave his home. For he must learn that what he would protect is but this child who comes defenselessness and who is protected by defenselessness. Go home with him from time to time today. You are as much an alien here as he. Take time to lay aside your shield, which profits nothing, and lay down the spear and sword you raised against an enemy without existence. Christ has called you friend and brother. He has even come to ask your help in letting him go home today, completed and completely. He has come as does a little child who must beseech his father for protection and for love. He rules the universe, and yet he asks unceasingly that you return with him and take illusions as your gods no more. You have lost, you have not lost your innocence. It is for this you yearn. This is your heart's desire. This is the voice you hear and this the call which cannot be denied. The holy child remains with you. His home is yours. Today, he gives you his defenselessness and you accept it in exchange for all the toys of battle you have made. And now the way is open and the journey has an end in sight at last. Be still an instant and go home with him and be at peace a while. Thank you. Get quiet a minute. Okay, thank you all, all very much. Pleasant experience. And this is how you know there's no such thing as time. That's uh, 75 minutes that went by in about six minutes. I mean, for me personally, anyway. <laughs> hey, thank you, Stephen. They say thanks, that's Steven. the holy instant. Yeah. The holy yeah. <laughs> There you have it. Great, great class, thanks. Great class. Thank you, Very good. Good class. Thanks, Mike. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.